one, two, three show. Time now, because it is a Tuesday, to welcome Andrew Dembina back onto the show. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon, Zadia. How's your tiger year panning out so far? Good, good. I'm enjoying this kind of cool weather, actually. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> same, same, same. A little respite. Yeah, Short it's not too bad. Yeah. So, what have you got yeah. for me today on the food and drink side? Well, talking of winter, mm -hmm. um, the first piece is related to those Winter Olympics that are well underway now in Beijing mm -hmm. uh, and surrounding areas. Um, uh, but with a, with a food um, kind of connection, of course, I read a very interesting uh, piece a couple of days ago, a few days ago, mm -hmm. about the Olympic athletes and what they need to eat. You know, they're both oh, wow. sort of wondrous in what they can do on the ice and snow. Mm -hmm. They're also wondrous in what they have the capacity or or recommended to eat. Wow. This isn't going to be one of those listicles um, like the uh, like the list that come out every year from the PR people that run the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens when they're on about <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a kind of list longer than one page of oh, all right. of the things they're putting away. Okay. But, um, but it was just a little probe into it a little bit. So consuming the equivalent of just under 24 plates of pasta a day might be yeah that's that, that that's the equivalent for not uh, all but for those that are burning the most yeah. calories and needing the most energy and that would be the cross-country skiers at mm. beijing 2022 mm. so an interviewed canadian cross-country uh, skier a male one called remy drollet said i have to have something to eat every 15 to 20 minutes to make sure that my muscle glycogen is as full as possible. Now, glycogen is the stored carbohydrates, by the way. Um, it, uh, it just disappears if I don't eat that frequently because, um, and then time, he says, disappears because I'm just simply always eating. You can imagine that. Oh, those, those how does he train? Pesky, My goodness. <laughs> yeah, or, not only, yeah, train, train might be okay, but what about if the uh, cross-country ski event is more than 15 minutes? Is he taking out his packed lunch? Well, he's no, probably no, got no, a little no. thing in his rucksack somewhere or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, one of those double stainless steel ones to keep it warm. I can um, identify with the 15-minute thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Ah, <laughs> right. Yeah, well, even when you're not in training for the Winter <laughs> no. Olympics, are you? <laughs> okay. Well, you did, you did say off air before we went on air, you did mention that it was um, yes, a bit it's chilly cold. in the it's studio. Yes, it's chilly in the studio, so you have to keep warm and you have to eat every 10 exactly. to 15 minutes. Yes, okay, carry There's on. Sorry, I disturbed right you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, carbohydrates, of course, provide energy, and that's to power. Uh, not only cross-country skiers, but the other competitors in different uh, types of snow and ice sports as well, in the testy sub-zero temperatures that they also need extra food to be fighting off because there's all sorts of uh, body on high alert, no matter what they're wearing, mm. um, to fend off the cold as well. So the average male cross-country skier, um, uh, nutritionists say, must devour the equivalent of 20 plates of lasagna a day. Now, that's going to be variable. It depends on your recipe, doesn't it, Sarge? Yeah. I mean, is it, is it a vegetarian one? Whether you've got aubergines in there, or potato, whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How much bechamel sauce is in there? There's a lot of calories in that. In that. So it's, it's, um, it's not only uh, cross-country skiers, though. Every Olympic sport in the Winter Olympics requires an oversized appetite, um, and there have been some complaints about um, being able to get enough mm. in yes, the I Beijing food camps. Yeah, it, there was a Reuters uh, report. So this is all part of the same report that kind of really looked into the food side of it. Germany's alpine skiing coach, his name is Christian Schweiger, 
was complaining about what was on offer at the current Winter Olympics uh, in the Reuters article, and he said it shows a lack of focus on high-performance sport. But the U.S., came prepared they didn't expect that things would be laid on to and i should think that if you're in any if you're in a yeah. high performance uh, athletic situation for any sport whether it's winter or not you've got to have a backup plan yeah yeah and, and if you're the national side you want to have your nutritionist on board with a couple of extra carry-ons of food don't mm. you the u.s mm. team did that they came with bags of pasta and other dried ingredients which they could mix with the pasta to keep their athletes in peak condition. So Germany, think about it next time. <laughs> and um, a- athletes who uh, have been put into isolation in uh, COVID-19 situations, you know, they had to allow more time for, uh, for you know, 14 days or however long it was to to get through the quarantine period mm, mm. and then hope that they tested negative, in which case they'd be allowed to go ahead. They also have been asking some of them for more food. That's been tough because their associates haven't been able to kind of always be right next to them, taking care of them in the way mm. that they wanted to. So there are lots of real challenges. Lots of challenges, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely, mm. yeah. Um, and uh, one Finnish ice hockey coach, uh, his name is Jaka Jollensen, um, he said of his player, Marco Antilla, who was in quarantine, he would like to have more energy and better food while we're there as well. I guess it's in the middle of snowy nowhere, isn't it? So mm. the, these mm. are all the challenges that are coming up. Might, the, meanwhile, yeah, I was going to yeah, say the sorry. equivalent of the pasta is probably a nice whole bunch of noodles, you know. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, noodles or bowels yeah. from northern China. That, that, that right. would do the same sort of thing mm. for carbohydrate. Um, well, so there was um, um, an Irish um, athlete who's, who's taking part um, who said that he is eating up to 7,000 calories a day. So lots of places, plates of pasta, also desserts and brownies, panna cotta, and all the sweet stuff, really. He says, especially Norwegian chocolate. Now, they're in northern China, but uh, they've brought some Norwegian chocolate, these Irish athletes. That keeps me going, he says. So they've brought a lot of stuff with them, uh, but I haven't... I haven't seen any references to how they managed to get panna cotta and brownies up there. That wasn't reported by Reuters. Slack reporting there. But, um, um, so mo- mo- moving Sounds on pretty ideal to me, I could do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, actually, the final thing that the Irish athlete said was that you can eat as much of it as you like. That was after that list of desserts. Right. Uh, and that's why I can't retire yet because I like the good life in that way. <laughs> <laughs> he won't have the excuses later, is what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah. So... Um, uh, next, moving to our own neck of the woods with, um, uh, you know, we're hearing it all the time in the news, but with COVID-19 mm. numbers growing here, it's been refor- reported, and I know it's been on the RTHK news as well, but it has been reported across other print media outlets since yesterday, mostly, that Hong Kong residents have been raiding mm, supermarket shelves that. again. Yes, I heard. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's um, it's saddening to, to hear and hope that it doesn't last long, but uh, Hong Kong residents have been crowding supermarkets and food markets yesterday 
uh, and on Sunday, uh, stocking up on things like dried noodles, vegetables and other necessities that uh, mostly they worry won't be coming in Toilet from China. Rolls? No, no. <laughs> no, no, that, rolls that, actually, no, it was. At the, end of, at, the, at the end of an article that I read, that, that, that was mentioned. There was, a, there was someone of around 60 years old who, who was seen leaving a supermarket with a four-pack of toilet rolls and saying, well, you know, you can't be too careful. I remember what happened last time. Sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> it was, um, but, but it's really about, about food, though, because mm. there were truck drivers that were forced to isolate a yes. few days because yes. they did come down with COVID. So yes. fair enough, they had to isolate. But, but there's a knock-on effect because Hong Kong um, has 90% of its food products uh, sourced from outside of the territory. I'm surprised that there's even 10% that, uh, that comes from the territory alone because there's mm. not really much of a food production industry here. Mm. Um, so as the drivers were doing that, uh, some markets in the new territories, Tin Shui Wai was one in particular where different reporters from different media outlets um, uh, reported from because it, there was scarcity of green vegetables, cabbages, bak choy, choy sum, that kind of thing. Mm. And one vegetable vendor said that he, he fears that disruptions uh, could continue for a while. And this was on Sunday when he had a 30% depleted stock. Now, 30%, it means that things did run out earlier mm. and things did run out particularly early once people caught wind of it and thought that... Um, thought the worst and that's when people get into panic mode isn't yes, it yes that's right so, that's it so fingers fingers crossed that this doesn't last long it did remind me as you mentioned of you know around yeah. the early days first yeah. few months of covid when all sorts of things were flying off the shelf including uh, lots of flour when we were all becoming bakers i remember that, that yes i remember <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. to you about that i don't know <laughs> yeah. i mean you know sometimes you think some of the things that people actually do pick up and keep in stock are probably things even things like pasta like how often are people really using pasta that okay they go for noodles and rice and things like that but i'm sure everyone must have a reasonable amount in their home you know to survive for, yeah you know if we didn't panic it'll still be there yeah you know Indeed, indeed. And then it, then, then it suddenly becomes a problem in supermarkets, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, moving, moving on to another part of the world, Canada, and um, it's related in a way to, the, to what we were just talking about because experts have weighed in in one of their big newspapers, the Global News in Canada, with a story that said that Canada's inflation rate has just hit its highest level in 30 years. This is a, because the figures came out for December that's the highest it has been since 1991, the month of December. And just like present Hong Kong that we've been discussing, rising food prices, among other goods, has been mm. heavily um, named as being one thing that people are really suffering from. So the two main things in Canada, actually, are petrol, because people have to drive everywhere. It's mm. unlike Hong Kong, where things are convenient to get around, big spaces, and food. And uh, neither is looking likely to start coming down in price anytime soon, their experts say over there. Mm. Um, food prices, yeah, they're expected to rise further this year because of part of uh, supply chain disruptions. We know the reasons, but also in their case, there is a vaccine mandate now for truck oh, drivers. Right. Uh, yeah, I think we may have seen, some of us may have seen this in the news. It's been going on for a little while, actually. And um, so according to... Um, Sylvian Chalbois, the director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab um, at, at Dalhousie University, he says we're expecting prices to continue going up uh, in the produce selection of food in particular. This is, and he came up with a, in, in an article um, in the Global News of an amazing uh, amount of money. Canada is spending 26 billion 
Canadian dollars worth on food from the US, their next door neighbour, going cross border on trucks every day. And that's a huge, in Hong Kong dollars, that's a huge 160 billion Hong Kong dollars. And if you break that down per day, it's even more crazy. That fix, that same figure, it means they're spending, uh, in Hong Kong dollars, I'll just give the Hong Kong dollar figure, it's 143 million Hong Kong dollars Gosh. every single day going from the US to Canada in food products. A staggering amount. And um, 70% of that goes through to Canada on wheels across the border. So at some point, um, this is, you know, bound to affect the, uh, mm, the, the, the price. That's amazing, my goodness. Because Canada's yeah. a huge country, too, in terms of, you know, they must it be is. producing a lot of their own stuff in that space. I know. I, I was that's quite surprised. That's why I'm so, mm. so, yeah, really surprised. I, I, I thought the same thing when I read that. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I thought it'd be really a great crop-growing area sure. of livestock. Um, different climates. But, yeah. 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 Well, he, he gives a great tip, though, um, the university um, agricultural professor, saying that um, supply chains are so insufficient now and, sh and the shelf life of products are, are, are very, very low because things are hitting the shelves when they are either ripe or their mm. um, quality is lessened mm. by age. So you may end up throwing things away. So do not hoard food for that reason. Yeah. And I thought that could apply That's, to us in Hong absolutely. Kong. Because if there's, yeah, if you're going to uh, markets um, over the next few days or even supermarkets buying produce uh, from, from, from China or anywhere, actually, um, you know, you just don't, you don't think about that necessarily. Mm. But the shelf life, they might be, they might have been held up for longer because of logistics. And so, you know, we all know that if you keep produce for too long, you have to throw it away. But right Only now... Only buy what you can get through, that's right. Otherwise, it's going yeah, to be chucked, that's right. So. And somebody else won't get it, that's right. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to mention, and I'm sorry it continues on this uh, doom and gloom thing. I should have ended with the Beijing one, which was a bit kind of, you know, <laughs> put a smile on our faces about how much lasagna the athletes eat. But, um, but, but, it's, um, but there is a, a spike in uh, cooking oil prices, according to Bloomberg News, that is a sign of global food costs heading up for record highs. Now, this is, you know, additionally and unrelated to the COVID-19 situation. So there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's always a lot of oil in production of global foodstuffs that are produced. And so it's going to be a vital component, all, di all types of different uh, vegetable oils oh. or different types of, um, of oils, fruit oil, I mean, coconuts, well, I don't know if that's a fruit or not, I don't know. Um, but um, this is according to the latest data from the United Nations on the, um, on the food oil situation at the moment. And uh, the, what's the reasons for this then? The fresh spike in cooking oil prices. In short, it's about South American drought. We over here probably don't get Maybe too much South American the oil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and the other source that we would see more of here is from Malaysia and Indonesia. Mm. And they both have their own problems at the moment. Mm. They largely do produce palm oil, which is not seen as the best oil to be used for cooking necessarily. You know, we've probably spoken about this before. I certainly have with mm. Noreen. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, it's, uh, but it is the most consumed cooking oil in the world. And that is 
often for um, the food industry. Products, That's cooked yeah. products. Yeah. It, go, yeah, it goes a lot into all sorts of things. I'm sure we all, yeah. those of us that read labels would have noticed that, wouldn't we, Sadia? Absolutely. Um, I've seen it loads <laughs> of times and I try and avoid it, actually. <laughs> I know. I have done for a while as well. But it's, but it's always in so many items, isn't it? When, when we start looking for it, it's all over, all over the place in manufactured items. Um, the, so the, the intraday uh, cost of palm oil yesterday in Kuala Lumpur climbed to another of a succession of highs intraday being within one day mm. it just went you know the percentage went up more than on any other day and it already had several days of that and that was mainly due to shipment restrictions just brought in by uh, by its neighbor in indonesia um uh, indonesia has just decided to keep its palm oil mostly for domestic consumption because it is worried in case it doesn't have enough because it has a large population and uh, needs to satisfy the use for those citizens. Uh, there are also a sh- there's also a shortage of workers in Malaysia. Oh. Is, is, is not selling its oil and it has its own worker shortages. Therefore, the prices go up. And also this week, soya bean oil in South America that I mentioned before, South America, it's mostly soya bean oil in Brazil and Argentina that is used for either oil in a bottle or in production of foodstuffs that has been uh, the, the victim of drought that has led to reduced oh, so amounts produced. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a whole kind of food oil scene going on. I'll have to go um, out yes. and get some now. Yeah, stop pile, stop pile. Get some flour and toilet rolls. <laughs> That's right. it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just a, a final thing on that, though, yeah. that yesterday, following the return of Chinese mainland investors after the uh, Chinese New Year holidays, mm-hmm. um, soybean meal uh, took a surprise, this, because this was a Bloomberg report that I was reading, it took a surprise leap. Soybean meal, that's the ground soybean that could be made into oil, um, shot up in Dalian, which is one place that they are really um, into soybean meal as a commodity. And palm oil prices jumped to the highest in Dalian in the index there, since, uh, the highest since 2008. Gosh. That's what that's. So, so, yeah, stocks wow. in, uh, in food oil, folks. Yes, I'm just I don't want to turn making into, my list uh, now as you speak, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to turn it into the money programme yeah. in the morning, but I don't want to take over Peter Lewis's uh, yeah. spot. Oh, well, <laughs> but, well uh, I hope you yeah. haven't caused a kind of massive wave in Hong Kong in terms of like, you know, everyone going uh, out thinking, OK, we need oil, yeah, we need noodles, we need this. Um, let's get out there. Absolutely. Only a few, though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good. No. Thank you very much, Andrew. Well, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Good to speak to you, Sadia, and enjoy watching the Olympics. And remember how much pasta they've put yes. away if you do. Yes. I will think about <laughs> trading myself. Thank you ever so much. Okay. All right. Thanks. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.